Hi everyone, welcome to Behind the Clipboard. I'm Tamara Cook from Known Associates Events and I'm here with my fellow events guru, the recently engaged and soon to be totally off the market, Melissa Howie. I love hearing all my intros, it's like the best part of the podcast. (laughs) Well, this was exciting news. It was, thank you. Girl got engaged, why didn't you tell us what happened? Oh no, let me tell the story. Okay, (laughs) so she went away on holidays for four weeks very generous boss gave her four weeks off. <laughs> um, and she went overseas to Italy. I did. Number one destination. And on New Year's Eve, her boyfriend nearly killed her with fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she nearly died in a fire work <laughs> display <laughs> set up by her boyfriend in order to propose in the middle of this oh I can't I can't even I can't tell it without laughing you're gonna have to embellish the story <laughs> I mean, set, set the scene a bit better than on, I am you've hit on the main points that they were I mean I think he felt the pressure to make it pretty extravagant given a work in events mm-hmm. um, but what happens in Italy particularly in Naples where he's from is that uh, you can buy fireworks over the counter there everyone buys fireworks and sets them off at midnight so we're on his brother's rooftop it's like 360 degrees of fireworks, people setting them off from every roof. It was incredible. Oh, you were on a rooftop yeah. when, oh, I yeah. thought you were on the ground. So, no, oh, no. this is another element of danger I wasn't even aware <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah, we're on the rooftop. Was so there a railing? I didn't see Yeah, railing. yeah. His brother lives on uh, the top story of an apartment block. Mm-hmm. So, we were on there. The fireworks felt really close because they were all around us. Um, and it was already the best New Year's I had had already. And then after midnight, I watched him and his brother were taking so long to set up these sparklers, like the ones that sit on the ground and just fizz. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what the hell are they doing? They changed them. They're in a circle. Then they were in a line. In, <laughs> in hindsight, they were having a very detailed conversation about how to not best not set me on fire. <laughs> <laughs> were you thinking who's going to see these apart yeah, from us? Yeah, that was. Um, and then, yeah, he they lit them and he started dragging me towards the fire and I went, oh, shit. And then I noticed his brother was filming us and that was like one second before he dropped the knee. I kind of <laughs> cottoned on to what was going on. But it was yeah, very romantic. He did an amazing job. And there's a very funny uh, video. Yes. We'll that, put the um, video. It's on the Known Associates socials if you want to see. It is. <laughs> it is very cute. But also if you watch it to the end, yeah. you can see how very dangerous it He starts was. to like slowly drag me away from the fire because I start to get really spluttery at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so jump on to Known Associates events on Instagram. You'll be able to see Mel's brush with death. Yes. But also love story. Death-defying love story. <laughs> <laughs> so today, as always, we're recording this podcast on First Nations land, Wajak Noongar Buja in Buraloo, Perth, Western Australia. And we pay our respects to our First Nations people. Today, we're breaking down Things we wish our clients knew. I'm so excited to talk about this topic because I just want to have a big bitch. Um, (laughs) It's a bit of a doozy as we lift the lid on what goes on behind the scenes. From obscure things we have to Google to come up with new ideas, unique ideas, to the amount of time it takes to put together a proposal. So, giddy up. Start your fireworks. Okay. Oh, no. Don't. I'm triggered. Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the insider toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. 
produced by Known Associates Events. It's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. (laughs) (laughs) So my first thing I wish clients knew is before you come to an event manager, be really clear on the purpose of your event. Um, So what do you want to achieve by having this event? Events are a really substantial investment for a client and, and we understand that. And so it's so important to ensure that both of us understand what a successful event looks like to you. Yeah, that's right. It's always the first thing we ask. It is. And when we're putting together our proposal, we reiterate, we almost regurgitate what we've gotten from them in that initial meeting about what they really want out of the event. Like you said, it's it's an investment. It's a lot of money with the events that we um, with the events that we put on. People are investing a lot of money. They mm-hmm. want a really memorable, special experience. But there's always behind those kind of generic, special, memorable. It's got to be amazing. Wow factor words. There's usually a deeper purpose, and it could be um, company culture. It could be a special anniversary. Say the company's turning 50 years old or 75 years old or 100 Mm. years old. Uh, It could be that there's been something that's happened within the company that's sort of fractured relationships and departments so they really want to bring people together for community. There's a number of reasons. So drilling down to find out exactly what that purpose is beyond the fluff and bubble is really important. And the client doesn't necessarily know that they need to communicate that to their event manager because they're probably thinking oh the event manager is just going to order the catering and get the glassware and make it look pretty and we just need the fluff and bubble exactly but once you know the purpose behind it and you really truly understand it and you paraphrase it back to the client they are going to go okay you get us and I know I'm trusting you with our dollars and I know you're going to do a fantastic job no matter what happens yeah and it does, like, they think we don't need to know that, but it does inform, like, the if we need to do icebreakers or we need to find unique ways to make people who don't know each other connect in the room or move around and is it a crowd that likes to be seated or do we want them up and talking to as many people as possible? Mm. Like, it really affects the style of the event, everything. The talent that you bring the talent, in. Yeah. Even, you know, the MCs, you need to have a certain vibe and you have to have the right kind of person in order to produce the right vibe. So, yeah, yeah totally. So my next one, and we spoke about in the last episode, Excel spreadsheets are my jam. Have a realistic budget. <laughs> Speaking of uh, significant investment with events, clients really, we wish they knew what it costs to put on an event, just the base level. Um, and the prices change year to year. So the event you did for that price last year, probably we, we're really going to struggle to do it again for the exact same amount. That's right. Inflation, baby. And Particularly it's huge at the moment. Oh, this year, it's almost 10%. Like across the board everything has gone up with you know war in Europe and fuel and everything every other reason yeah so it comes down on our behalf to be really good at communicating that for us it's not just us putting up our prices our suppliers are putting up their prices there's yeah fuel food so many different factors that staff it's so hard to get staff in the events industry at the the moment difficulty of getting them and then you have to pay them more because it's competitive yeah yeah that's right so budgets on this topic, I wish I had a dollar for every time I had a new client and I said to them, what's your budget? And they say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You tell us. Yeah. You, we, you, we've told you what we want out of the event. You go away. And, and I'm like, yeah, 
But I know you've got a figure in your head. I know you have. Is it under this amount? Is it under this amount? And they always have a ceiling, but they do not want to tell you. And then it's it's really difficult because how long is a piece of string? You could... You could create something that's equivalent to the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show or you could do something that's like having a kitchen tea with your nana. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I had that down as well. Is It's not a trick question. Like, that's right. We're not going to, if you say like 10 grand or 100 grand, we're not going to, you know, fancifully, you know, put anything in there. We just need to know so that we can both give you something that, lives up to your expectations exactly don't like we don't want to waste either of our times so let us go for it (laughs) true that what's your next one so event planning is time consuming and I this is something I say often when I'm doing public speaking it's something that I say it's not rocket science it's not I mean we are smart people we are all university qualified people in our office Um, but it honestly isn't rocket science it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of organization and it takes time one of the biggest things that I wish clients knew is it takes a lot of time and if you're not in the events industry working in it every single day it takes a hundred times the amount of time yeah because you have to start from scratch to look for every single little element that you want to put in your event whereas if you come to us We've got a good understanding. It's it's just in our mind. We've got our suppliers. We've got our contacts. We've just got the knowledge of what happens in our city. And at our fingertips, we can go to our little black book, look up who we need for that particular event and get it done in so much less time than somebody who is, for example, a PA or a marketing manager who's been charged with executing an event. And she's got to take time out of her day job to source all these different things. So the time it takes is really something that I find a lot clients just don't understand. Yeah, I agree. And quite often, I don't know what it is with companies, but even previous ones I've worked for were in-house rather than an agency. They don't seem to take into account the monetary value of the staff time. So they think, oh, it's free if we get such and such to do it from the even human resources teams get thrown into it a lot or people and culture mm. but you're taking them away from doing the day job that you they're qualified to do number one and that they're paid to do usually and like you said it's going to take them a hundred times longer than someone who does it every single day yeah that's right and they may be taken away from their day job and you may think oh well they can just work a few extra hours but it's actually a lot extra hours and you probably will find that you're putting somebody else on to help them in their day job because they're taken away doing this event yeah (laughs) and then that is detrimental to the internal culture if you're adding all these extra tasks and then saying but you I expect you to just do overtime to keep doing your day job as well that's right and it doesn't matter if Mary just got married and she thinks she's really good at events now (laughs) she probably doesn't want to do your corporate Christmas party and it is going to be stressful for her Especially when you work in the business, you have the opinions of everybody else who's around you who works in the business and they're all saying, oh, well, I think we should do disco theme. I think we should have clowns. And I should, I think, oh, my friend's sister's cousin is an awesome singer. We should get her to come and do a guitar solo. Suddenly this person is not under, not only under the stress of her upper management saying you can do this on top of your day job, but she's got all these people and opinions and it's absolutely daunting for people who don't work in it and we've said it a million times events 
is what it's in the top 10 of most stressful events in the world. Yeah, totally. So to throw that onto a staff member who isn't used to doing it, it's actually quite cruel. Yeah, I agree. But like you said, the cost of it is something that people don't really factor in. So if you actually sat down with this person and um, added up every single hour that they spent on this event, including running the event on the night, which by the way, they probably won't enjoy because mm-hmm. they're running around like a headless shook doing things at the actual event that's supposed to be for them, um, it's going to be a significant amount of money. So outsource. Definitely. Outsource and we'll just make them look good. Yep. This makes me think of, uh, I think it's going around on Facebook or something, but um, a story about a tradie comes to a house and he does a job and it takes 30 minutes, but he charges $300 for it. And the person says, well, why am I paying you $300 for 30 minutes? He said, you're not paying me for the 30 minutes. You're paying me for the 20 years behind that, that I've in which I've learned to do this job in 30 minutes. <laughs> you're paying me for all the knowledge and know-how for me to get it done super efficiently for you. Love that anecdote. That's so true. Yeah, that's okay. what we do, people. Yeah, you need to think of it in that way. Um, so going back to time and how much time it does take to plan a really good event, good ideas take time. Oh, yeah. So just coming up with something unique and a, a cool concept, that takes a lot of music listening, movie watching, <laughs> Netflix streaming. Tea circles at the office. <laughs> what? Tea circles. We get a team, we see the circle. Oh. No? Do we? Okay. Just because we did it today, it's on my mind. <laughs> Uh, gin circles maybe gin circle yeah that's true <laughs> um, but it does it, and a lot of googling and when it comes to googling it's also not just looking for unique ideas because obviously if you're googling it's not going to be that unique although it may be for your city or for your client um, but it's also looking back at what has been done mm. so um, I can think of a client that we do a number of activations for and it's a national um, stage that this activation is shown on and we have to look back at what they've done in the past before we come up with an idea because sometimes we come up something with something really cool and go and Google it and, oh, shit, oh, they did it in 2013. Yeah. <laughs> thought we were cool. <laughs> yeah, and it, it might not be the exact same thing but it's similar, similar mm. enough that you can't propose it. So... Um, yeah, that research phase of an event is very, very time consuming. And then you know what else is time consuming? And I'm, I I love the city we live in, beautiful, but it's also the most isolated city in the world, one of, no, it is the <laughs> most. I know what's coming. <sighs> Actually doing the ideas is really hard. Executing. Oh, yeah, execution. you come up with these amazing things. Can we get it in Perth? No. And then can we build it ourselves and costing that out and it costs so much money. Whereas, you know, our f- lovely friends listening from France and New York and all around the world. London. Sometimes we find so – America has so many cool things. But, you know, getting in Australia and in particularly in Perth is really challenging. It is. But when, when we can come up with something amazing mm. and it is achievable to create it here or to ship something in, oh, it's just wonderful. It's so exciting. Yeah. So another thing on time, and I could go for days on this topic, book early. Venue space is at a premium and it feels worse post-COVID actually, but maybe it's just because we had a few years of venues that seemed to be easier. I think it's just the hangover because there's less yeah. people in the city at the moment. I think yeah. it's the hangover of from delayed events exactly. and weddings. and yeah. All the things that couldn't happen. Everyone's like, right, let's do it. Do it yeah. now. 2023 is our moment. Yeah. So if you're wanting to do an event, in particularly in peak time, so 
September through to December on a Friday or Saturday, you need to be looking a year out, basically. we I looked at an, a venue the other day and called up 11 months out for a Friday in October and she literally laughed at me on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, pre-COVID in October, that would have been okay, but it, it's really crazy at the moment. Yeah, and uh, at the time of recording, oh, this was when you made the inquiry, it was January? Yeah, that's what I mean, 11 months out from the, well, bef- yeah, before that. It was, no, it was December. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was a different calendar year and she still laughed at me. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, in, it's it's almost like every event is being treated like Christmas now. Yeah. So with Christmas events, we always say you need to book 12 months or more, more. preferably or more in advance yeah. to get the venue you want. Even if it's just pencil holding mm-hmm. and you do that for a few venues and you make up your mind a little bit closer to the time, not much closer to the time, like 12 months is about the time you need to lock something in. Yeah. Um, it's just necessary. Otherwise, you're going to miss out and it just becomes really laborious trying to find somewhere that's going to fit your amount of people or have the right distance from the city or have the right parking conditions or whatever it is that you need. Yeah. So, yeah, prepare, prepare, prepare early. And the more complex your event, the longer out you need to book. So if you need more than one event space, so comes to mind large conferences that need four breakouts and are also having an expo and then a Accommodation room. Accommodation. You need to be booking that like 18 months out if you want to get the venue of your choice, basically. Without a doubt. And then so on that, we wish clients would also consider off-peak events. So, you know, maybe mid-Feb. Nothing seems to happen in February. <laughs> it's like it's like they wait till International Women's Day, I think. Like start of March is when it feels like it really kicks off. There's, there are conferences, but they're usually booked yeah. well in advance. Yeah, thank years goodness. in advance. Um, but you're right. It's, there's not a lot because yeah. I think people are still – yeah. Slowly coming back from holidays. January is a complete write-off, especially in Australia because there's totally. so many holidays and then you've got um, the Australia Day slash Invasion Day, whichever you'd like to call it, um, towards the end of Jan. So and our weather's killer. Everyone's away. Yeah, everyone's away. And then they're kind of waking up in February and then March, you sort of get into the swing of things. I wouldn't suggest doing an event, um, well, I definitely wouldn't suggest doing a corporate event in January. That's just an absolute no-no. But I would suggest doing a Christmas event Mm. in February. Yep. Early Feb. Like that. Yeah, because everyone's fresh and they're back and they've they've done all their eating and drinking. They probably did did, um, their exercise kick in January. So by February, they're ready to drink again (laughs) and party again. The New Year's resolutions are gone. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And it's just, it's still warm. In um, Western Australia, it's still warm. In fact, it's probably too hot. It's hotter in February. Um, Wish I'd gone to Italy in February, actually. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it's a great slot to fill and you're going to find that venues are available, a lot more available. Um, we did have someone last year, though, came in for advice, just some, just a coffee with me, just for some advice on a charity ball. And they had booked it for January a, a corporate charity ball and I'm not sure how it went but um, my first piece of advice to her was don't do it. Next in, year do not do it in January. Mean, yeah and late Feb it could have worked. Early March beautiful but January no. Yeah agreed and anything close to school holidays is really tricky as well. Mm. They're dotted throughout the year. They're usually the dates that you're going to be able to get if you go less than a year out for a big event. Do we have anything on t- any more on time? Uh, just give us as much as you possibly can. Yes, <laughs> that would be lovely. Thank you. 
So my next tip for I wish clients knew is if you're going to be booking speakers and talent, like part of them yourself or MCs or you've arranged the panel for the event, please provide us with mobile numbers. We do not care about emails or office numbers. (laughs) And it saves us from coming to you on the day if there's anything wrong. We can just manage it and not have to bother you in an emergency. Yes. Our number one motto is we want our clients to feel like they're a guest at their own event. Mm -hmm. And if we have to ask them questions in order to get in touch with talent, they're not going to feel like they're working. So, yes, great tip. Hmm. So another one is be flexible. No event goes perfectly according to plan. And as we like to, we like to make the client think it's going perfectly to plan, but sometimes we have to pivot or make unexpected changes to still get a successful event. Yeah, I think most clients do get this and there are the occasional ones that you just think, no, it can't be 100% in this direction 100% of the time, but most clients do know that, you know, there's there's always going to be things that need to change slightly and as good event managers, it shouldn't be too noticeable to the guests if at all. So, yeah, yeah, flexibility, I feel... The clients should be aware of it, but it really comes back to good event management and us handling it from our side. Yeah, totally. Um, A doozy for me is I wish clients knew which venues hold a certain amount of people. There's a lot of times where they just are fixated on having their event at a particular venue and they've got no idea how many the venue holds and often they can't fit. (laughs) (laughs) They either can't fit or there's too few people to fill the space. Um, So they just don't have any sense of... of, uh, Scale, really. Yeah, scale. And and the reasons that they want it is often not really... It doesn't even fit with what they want for their event. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a little bit of education that we need to do when they come to us. And I think the difference as well and where that sometimes falls down in the middle is they've looked it up on the website and they see that, say the cocktail number, so 1,000 standing, but don't understand how much the space decrease when you have to seat people banquet style. Yeah, we want a sit-down ball for 1,000 yeah. people. It says, look, room fits 1,000 yeah. people. <laughs> oh, no, honey, not no, once you get 100 stage tables and tables there. and dance floor. <laughs> yeah, what's that? You want a dance floor? Oh, okay, great. Let's take this outside. (laughs) (laughs) And what about, um, I think it's really important that we do have backup plans, but also sometimes when they're insistent, this is another one, when they really want to have it in a marquee on the river, beautiful, but, well, a marquee is a bad example, but not a marquee. You want to have it under the starlight on the river's edge. Wet weather contingency plan is basically like planning a whole second event. Yeah. So it is a premium, you know, option for a venue and it does take us a lot of time. Yeah, it's, um, it happened to us last year with a big event that we had in, I think it was November, October or November. October, I think. It was a period where we did not expect it to rain. However, the year before they'd held it on a similar weekend and it did rain. So we literally did two event plans for them and they were very, very different because one was indoors, one was outdoors. The preference was obviously to have it outdoors under the beautiful stars, the city views, yada, yada, yada. And what happened? It rained. Of course it rained. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily we pulled out of our back pocket our wet weather plan. No. So we knew, obviously, there's a weather forecast. 
Shout out to Perth Bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, we're not allowed to call them that anymore. Perth Bureau of Meteorology. They don't like BOM. They don't like their little acronym, even though they started it. Australians shorten everything. That will never catch on. I know. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously with the weather, you do know, you know 100% seven days out. You roughly know 14 days out. And if you've got some little sneaky tricks like we do, you can actually look at a rain gauge about 30 days out. So we were aware that we would have to most likely within two weeks enact the wet weather plan and yeah, it cost them a bit more money because that's the nature of planning something outdoors. You need Mm. to have that second plan. That is a good point actually in terms of budgeting. Like clients need to realise as well that if they they want to risk it and they could have an amazing event under the stars, Perth has a really good weather, like 80%, probably even 90% of the time to be honest. Mm. But that 10% 10% of the time, it's going to cost you extra to either put up a marquee at the last minute or have luck. a backup venue. This event was, yeah, great that they had a backup venue already. But yeah, it's going to cost you extra money. Yeah. Something else I wish clients knew is old, tired themes, never a good idea. <laughs> and this <laughs> has come your up. favourite, f- Under the Sea. <laughs> oh, it comes up a few times on this podcast. and yeah. Hopefully it's been drilled in and nobody does. Under the Sea, Fire and Ice. What else have we got? Um, Winter Wonderland. <laughs> Winter Wonderland. They're all just Alice in Wonderland as well. I know. Yeah. It's, that's kind of, I don't know if I can touch that one. It's a little bit sacred because people love it because yeah. it's an old classic. But God, it's so done to death. So, yeah, coming up with something unique, even if it's a theme that is commonly done but not, but you put a tweak on it and yeah. you give it a different name. Naming it is actually a really big part of it. I agree. The name, there's a lot in a name. Yeah, so you could have elements of, say, under the sea, but you can do it in a really classy way. You definitely don't call it under the sea. Hell no. Or have, like, paper whales hanging from the roof. But there's ways to do it that are really beautiful, you know, like we've seen, we've used in floral arrangements, we've had, like, white clay coral pieces. and Yeah, you you could do ocean noises. You can do beach scenes around on the screens or, or just scents, you know, the sand and sea smells of being at a resort or yeah yeah I wish clients knew that their great idea that they think oh yeah this will be so amazing <laughs> it's been done for the last 50 years and it's been done so much that so bad. I don't know I don't know am I just old and crabby am I just over these events and people still love them or I didn't but sometimes I need a reality check I maybe think, it's me I think the thing is people love a really immersive theme and those themes are easily made really immersive you can make because the snowflakes out of paper and and the sets are already here because exactly. they've been around for fifty years exactly <laughs> and it, and that makes them cost effective usually as well if the stuff already exists this is true I think that's where that comes from but this comes back to my last point is trust us if you hire an event manager you know maybe come to us and say I'd like a really immersive theme but don't come and dictate I mean we we work with it when a client's really set on it we'll do what massage we can in massage it to make it new and fresh mm-hmm. but just trust us tell us what your event objectives are and we will come up with how we can best achieve that and there are so many themes out there that people don't think about like my favorite event that we've done to date is, was an MBA theme yeah that was so fun and it probably wasn't if you walked into the room if you look at our look up that event on our socials it probably wasn't what you've just pictured in your mind it was elements that we brought in that just made it so cool. Mm-hmm. And I even down to the dress code, you got to wear like 
basically black tie or cocktail with sneakers. Yeah, so male fun. and female yep. alike. And it was oh, so comfortable. So comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked really cool. Yeah, and then we had the um, the full-size basketball court that yep. we built in the room. And professional players like dunking three-pointers. It was so cool. We had sneaker cam. We had glam cam. Yeah, there was just brilliant elements in it, if I do say so myself, <laughs> um, in it that just – they were parts of the NBA but they weren't – Tacky. Yeah. We did have basketball cushions. <laughs> hey, you leave those alone. They were awesome. They were awesome. Every, they were gone at the end of the night. There yep. wasn't one single cushion left. Everyone so nicked them. People loved them. I'm glad they weren't, weren't expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Ikea. <laughs> Last little piece of advice that I wish our clients knew is that spending money on the little touches can make the world of difference. For example, custom coasters or cohesive branding throughout um, invites and on-screen content and table settings menus those tiny little touches that tie everything in maketh the event and sometimes people go I don't think we really need that 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 and that and you just think that was our thread that really beautifully tied everything the whole experience from the moment your guests get the invitation So the moment they leave the event space and they feel fulfilled and they can't probably put their finger on exactly what it was, but we know that it was the little touches. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. That's it from me. I'm pretty happy with everything else my customers know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Love to hear from you on Instagram. You can jump into Known Associates Events Instagram if you like. That's probably where I hang out a little bit more than behind the clipboard. If you've got any topics that you'd like us to cover, jump in, slide into our DMs or feel free to send an email to podcast at knownassociates.com.au. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Yeah.